Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Krista Williams. I'm here with my best friend, Lindsay Simsek, and we are almost 30. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. If you're new, hi. We've been doing this for quite some time. This is a show that was inspired by our almost 30 period. We are in our 30s now, but cannot say enough just how important this time is. This Mm -hmm. is a transitional time. This is a time where you might be questioning like, what is happening in my life? Who should I be with? What should I be doing? What's my purpose? And it's all super purposeful and very, very normal. And we're here to support you through it. And when you get in your 30s, life becomes better and better. I swear. Getting older becomes better and better. I think if you're doing all the things in your 20s, like becoming more mindful, doing the work, increasing your self-love, all the things that are very flowery from the outside, but truly matter, then you will end up loving your life more and more. I was at dinner with some people and they're like Ohio people. And they were like, oh, high school and college were the best years. I was like, are you insane? Are you actually smoking? That was torture. No. All of it was torture. Especially like what? But I also, yeah. On the outside, on the outside, I had fun. I loved my life. I had tons of friends. But it's like, I'm like, a life is getting better every day. I think mainly for me, it was like how I felt like physically and emotionally, yes. like I just feel so much better now. Therefore, life is so much better. Yes, now. <laughs> 100%. Like, yeah, when your health is better, when you're taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. when you know more of who you are, when you have your priorities more in order, Yes. when you're not broke, 100%. when you're not like begging losers to love you, life is just way, way better. <laughs> Honestly, when you're not drinking when I'm not in Ohio, like Completely. everything just truly, truly gets better. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. This episode's with one of my dear friends, Alyssa Nobrega. And it's funny because she's been in our world for a while, but we never actually dropped in or became friends until recently. And it's been interesting, sort of the friends that have moved into Mm -hmm. my life and what they've brought to my life. And I know my relationships with women are so purposeful. And I now really trust the timing of the relationships that I have of who's moving in and out. And I think when I was in my 20s, I would get so in my head about friendships that would fade away or transition out or not be as strong during certain periods. And now I just trust the ebbs and flows of my relationships in such a good way. Yeah. Because I'm securely attached to myself, I'm not needing them to be like my foundational attachment. It's the most liberating thing of all time. You're good at that. Yeah. But I think there's also a part of me that's like no new friends you know yeah, totally. but I'm also in a season now where I'm like hey where my mom's at yeah Let's- lady ladies who's leaking lunch you know, you know, I'm like, like- who's in diapers still <laughs> I went to my first there's like a mom's group I'm a part of on whatsapp in our like bunch of neighborhoods nearby and they have it's actually genius they have meetups every single day they could just go to if you want to in a park here there whatever And I went to one at this park nearby and it was so funny. Literally, we all came with the same stroller, obviously. 
And it was as if we were like nervous. So we were slowly kind of feeling each other out. Like, are you here for the meetup? You know what I mean? Like just kind of like a weird, we're like, yeah, we're the only ones in the park and we have babies. And it was really sweet and also nice because like our brains, I feel like right now are basically mostly consumed with like baby stuff. So it was nice to not feel bad about talking about all that. Of course. And feeling like. That's huge. How is it going for you? And like, what are you doing with this? And so I think it's really important. I'm just realizing it's super important, just like going through our transition from our 20s to our 30s, having a community, having a support system, having resources, like same for motherhood. It's super important to have a community. And I didn't actually anticipate that I would be down with that. I was kind of like, I don't know. And now I'm like, this is so helpful. And it's actually really nice to, yeah, to think about like as the babies get older, oh, we can do play dates. Oh, we can do this. Like it actually makes life easier. I think watching all my friends that have babies, seeing them need the outlet. It's like, I even know. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. You have a totally different perspective and opinion and like experience every single day that you need people to relate on even with me dating like I'm so grateful I have totally so many friends that are in the dating portal too so we can just go in about like psychotic stuff yes exactly we're like are we getting married today or is he dead today (laughs) I think my friend was like how's whatever I was like he literally died yesterday it was crazy (laughs) he's like literally off the face of this planet but you need someone that can relate in that energy because it's like and same with you you just it's really powerful to have relationships where people are in the same season that you're in, whatever yes. that season is, whether it's a job transition, relationship transition, whatever. And not as much as like a misery loves company, but just like we can talk about things freely that are like really present totally for us. Totally. And I just like am reminded, like I remember my mom being like this, but like moms just go hard. Like moms are like... I'm saying this generally, but like in the little WhatsApp group, it's like someone will put out like an SOS and people are just, they're like, I got you, girl. Meet me on the corner of like Smith and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I have a bouncy house for you, like whatever you need. You're like, okay. Because they know what it's like to be. Yes. Desiring eating. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. I'm so grateful that's happening too, because women need each other in that way. Mm -hmm. And now that communities aren't as relevant and prioritized in our culture and our western culture yeah it's like really nice that people are still doing that completely agree and it's interesting talking about the friendship thing because Alyssa has been such a amazing new friend to have and she's so incredibly processed mm. and powerful and loving like sometimes we're together and i'm like do i want to kiss you like i'm just like i'm like <laughs> no you're like, like we're like little you. like we just like she just brings out such a tender side of me mm. and in this conversation we have together she is someone that is a therapist like a licensed therapist she's done life coach work she's been like a powerhouse in her space and field and someone that is so deserving of all her success i opened up pretty vulnerably about my experience with imposter syndrome my experience with feeling less than yeah And because it was super on my mind, we had done something with her and other women recently, a group of women where I just left and I was like, I'm a loser. Mm. I just like such a loser. I'm doing nothing. I'm not interesting. I'm not successful. I'm not all these things. And so in this conversation, we sort of unpacked that, like how to support yourself when you're feeling imposter syndrome, when you're feeling not enough, when you're feeling like you're not where you want to be in life. Because I remember before imposter syndrome I was like what is that word I don't even know what that means 
And then I would experience it and be like, oh, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's that part of me that gets activated when I feel like I'm less than in the presence of successful people. Yes. Or people that are doing something that I perceive that I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So you'll learn a lot about her process for supporting people with imposter syndrome. We also talk about the intersection of therapy and spirituality because her work as a therapist is just so profound. And we talked a lot about the spiritual practices and therapeutic practices that have really helped her. But this is going to be such a great conversation for you to listen to because we're friends, because we just have such a good rapport. I'm really excited for you to glean some insight from my experience that I'm really open about and then also from her incredible expertise. Mm. So the way to work with Alyssa is through her certification program. So she has a certification program that's going to be launching in January 2024, where she helps people become certified life coaches through her specific therapeutic Mm -hmm. approach. So she is a clinical somatic psychotherapist. She has a master's in clinical psychology. She has a master's in spiritual psychology. And she took her own unique algorithm to create the certification program. So that is how you would essentially work with her. She doesn't do one-on-one work anymore, I believe, unless it's like her friends that she's like supporting. So highly suggest doing that. I would probably do that in the future too, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. So Alyssa Nobriga dot com for that you can find her on instagram at Alyssa nobriga it's a l y s s a n o b r i g a that's Alyssa nobriga and thank you for coming on honey she has a new podcast out too you can listen to i love you so much almost30.com for more information on our partners our membership courses and programs on Lindsay and i mm-hmm. you can go to almost 30 podcast on instagram i'm on instagram at it's krista and i'm at Lindsay simsick we love you thank you for listening be sure you're subscribed so our episodes every week hit your inbox. Love you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him, still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time. But let me just say, this is new. Like, this is a new type of audio that um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future, um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, This morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, Yesterday I did a pep talk uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just... I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, It's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, And we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% 
60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in and, uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And, um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. This is a long time coming. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of when I first, when we first met. We met at the retreat the influencer summit arizona oh my god i remember i sat next to you you touched me i was like oh she likes me oh my god blog her no or no with sahara the savannah oh yeah yeah savannah yeah yeah, but yeah. We, i wouldn't surprised we hadn't met before then i got an event or something we might have it like sarah yeah sarah stewart yeah, yeah. But, but we didn't actually drop in yes. until then yes yeah which was so fun yeah because i got to drop in with you sam ashley like everybody that yeah. was like so much fun it was beautiful it was like beautiful and it helped reframe masterminds for me because i know i was like, <laughs> like do we have to do that part I <laughs> we just do the fun part? that's actually my thing and i wanted to talk to you about this we can talk about it 
now actually since it's coming up. Because I think what happens for me, and I'm hopeful this will be helpful for listeners too, is whenever I'm in rooms with really powerful women, I have imposter syndrome Mm. where I feel like there's a part of me that gets really active that's like, I don't have that success. I don't have, or I'm not successful or it's easy for them. It's not easy for me. Mm -hmm. And I get super nervous and I get super like closed down. Yeah. I like shut down. Yeah. So what would you suggest for me? I first off love that you'd say it's a part of you. Yeah. Because then you know it's not the whole of you. And then you can see the part because the part of you that is aware of imposter syndrome or really comparison, because that's somewhat what it feels like. It's comparing, Mm -hmm. isn't caught in the comparison. So the fact that you can see it, you're already free of it. Yeah. And to some degree. And so the, the mindfulness is really helpful. Yeah. And I think that that's normal, especially with online. Yeah. And every time we're moving towards what we want in we're growth oriented, there's going to be parts of our lives that we haven't fully developed yet because we're focused on one area. But if we're caught in an identity around it, we further loop in it. So one thing that's helpful is having a spiritual foundation of who is the one that is feeling imposter? Who is the one that feels like not good enough? I remember social media is a great place to get free. So I remember I took a piece of pen and paper and just opened my social media and I started scrolling mindfully to see what got triggered inside of me. And I remember a mutual friend of ours, she was on her book launch and beautiful flowy dress in New York. And I heard the story. It's so easy for her. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Where did that come from? And then I realized when I was learning how to read fifth grade, you know, younger, I kept getting pulled out of my classroom for extra support because I had a reading comprehension. My, I don't learn through reading. I learn through kinesthetic learning, through doing. And I started comparing myself saying, I have to work harder than everyone else. So that's where the narrative got created for me. So once I saw simple image yeah. on Instagram, looked at where did this originate from? And then how do I work with that inside myself so I can be awake to the comparative mind rather than get sucked into it and loop and then project that onto every mastermind or every event that I'm at? Yeah, because I think so where did so in the example with you with the scrolling, you find the trigger. Yes. You go back to the moment. Yeah. And then what do you do? And then I inquire into where did this come from? What's this operating system that I picked up? When did I pick it up? And the seeing of it is really freeing. So the first, just being able to see this is a story. So living more mindfully, slowing down, and then really looking at, okay, put on these glasses, this perspective at that point. Is it really true? Do I know that she worked harder or she doesn't have to work so hard? Absolutely not. I actually heard more of her story later about how much she hustled for her book launch, but it seemed on Instagram that she wasn't. And that's what my mind concluded. So I think a lot of people get caught mm. up in the person, not looking at the pattern. And so looking at what is the pattern that I'm look, operating through life from, and then how do I go to the root to really question, is it actually true? And if, you know, then I could find evidence for where things are harder for me. And I could also find evidence for where things are easy because the mind's not that intelligent. So you tell it a story and it starts to find the evidence for why that's true, but you can flip to the exact opposite. And it'll find evidence for how that's true. It's like, well, yeah, I'm gifted in these ways and I have challenges in these ways, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to unconsciously go into I'm not good enough or they're better or I should be further along because I've started to wake up to those trances of thought. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I'm starting to wake up to it. It's like I finally am seeing myself as separate from that type of experience, but it's like Mm -hmm. it still can sort of take me down. And I'm kind of in the position where it's like I want to bring loving kindness to that part of me that feels never enough, that feels unsuccessful, that feels like everyone else is further along than me, but I also am like sick of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. What's that balance between having loving kindness for the parts of us? Yeah. But then also being like, but I want to be done with it. That's right. Yeah. I think sometimes we can know it conceptually. Yeah. And then there are other times where we feel it, we live it. And so just to backtrack, I think there are three stages of awareness, which might help orient a little bit. Yeah. So the first stage of awareness of a block it would be really not being aware. It's more of like unconsciousness. So ignorance is bliss. People that are ignoring, maybe avoiding through addiction or whatnot. The second stage is when you start the personal development work and you're like, oh my God, all I have is blocks. And you just start waking up to the conditioning that's been driving you. And it's almost like, oh my God, it was easier at stage one, and but I'm in stage two. So this is where we're just overwhelmed with different things that we're seeing. Stage three is having awareness of the blocks but knowing that there's space between you and that block. You seem to be at stage three, but you want to integrate it mm-hmm. deeper in your body's knowing. Yes, because it does feel, just on that yeah. point, feels like it's my brain going to like a muscle memory. Yes, it's a habit. Yes, mm-hmm. and I can feel it in my body. Yes, okay. The way that I work with people mm-hmm. is a five levels of change. So some people are really heady. They stay in their mind to avoid feeling something. It doesn't work because it just postpones it. Other people are the soul deep divers and they just go to do the personal development work, but they get lost in their emotions on spin cycle. And so helping people understand where, how they orient is supportive of them knowing different tools that will support them at different times. So for example, if I'm working with somebody and the five levels that I work with people and train coaches with is emotional, emotional mastery, somatic, meaning body centered. You don't have to know the story to let it integrate into your nervous system and clear through. So you feel it as a sensation, not a story. You can do mindset work, mental, the unconscious programming, and then behavioral. Sometimes people literally, like 20% of the work is you just need some strategic change. 80% is an inner game, right? So shift it on the inside and then it reflects outward. So with this feeling of imposter syndrome, do you feel it more emotionally? Does it grab you or do you loop in your head more about it? When you say, do I feel it more emotionally, say more. Like when it comes up for you. I'm like, all my thoughts are emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you're in the mastermind or a connection. Yeah. Do you get triggered and feel it? Do you get taken over by your emotions or do you loop in your head more about it? I think I get taken over by my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could like cry. Yeah. Right now? No. Probably. If I thought about it enough, (laughs) I probably could. Okay. But I think in those situations, I, I don't know what it is, but if it comes to me or if it's my turn, it's like to speak when I'm in with powerful women, when we're talking about business, if we're talking about anything else, I'm all good. Like I can crush, but it's like, I will feel like I'm, yeah, like I want to cry. Yeah. And my heart just opens. I love you so much. And I would love if I'm ever in a situation that you speak your vulnerable truth when you feel safe to do that. And if you get activated to the point of tears to let that part of you that feels like an imposter, that doesn't feel good enough, I would say unworthiness, based on comparison, which I know well, if you let that part of you speak raw, vulnerable, truthful, Mm. either in that community, if you feel safe enough, or on your own, or with a coach, therapist, Mm. any professional that's trained, to let it have expression. 
So as you let that part, as if it were a child learning to speak, ironically, it coming up and out is what, and in, in doing it with presence and acceptance is what transforms it. So if you judge it, if you identify with that part, then you're stuck with it. So emotionally, and part of my, my methodology is about letting this part of you come up and out with full presence. So it's about essence, the truth of your being, embracing ego. So otherwise it's ego on ego. If it's psychology on psychology, it's not going to work. There's a higher dimension of presence on board that can start to welcome this younger part that was misunderstood, that is buying into stories about who you are and what you're capable of. Then you become this unconditionally loving parent, you could say, but really on a spiritual dimension, it's just the presence of your being. And that's what integrates it. And then you no longer keep looping in it unconsciously. And the integration, when we think about so that loving awareness, that capital S self integrating it, is it coming into communion where there's a mutual love and respect for it? Or is it like merging back into the self? Like, do you believe that we will always have those stories and those parts of us or that we can merge them? Yeah. I think the... Best, help, best way to help somebody change their life is two things, either enhancing their sense of self or waking up beyond it. And when there's a real deep knowing of who you are beyond a story about you, you being your performance or you being this separate identity, there is a deeper freedom. But it's like the story comes up and it's seen with compassion or acceptance even. The feeling of imposter comes up, but it's not who you are. It's just a sensation in the moment. So it's like the, the spiritual foundation to this work is really important because then it's lovingly accepting what is here without identifying with it. And so, you know, having worked as a licensed psychotherapist, I love that work. But the shadow of it is that you can continue healing your past because there's identity in it. And I love coaching coaches and working as a coach and performance, but the shadow of that is you're always looking for the next goal. And there can be a lot of identity in it. And so where those two meet with the foundation of presence is what helps us pop out of it. It's like the awareness of anxiety isn't anxious. The awareness of insecurity isn't insecure. And so really feeling a deeper presence, we pop out of the identity. And if there's an identity there, it's totally welcome. So then you ham it up. You're just like, I'm totally identified. I don't, and you can exaggerate it with people you feel close with, hopefully me and I can hold space where it's like, I don't feel good enough and you guys are always going to do better. And you literally just make it playful and light and then you start laughing and it moves on. But it's not a problem, right? Mm -hmm. It's not an identity that then continues to loop in our, our psyche, our subconscious. Yeah. And it's like to the question before it's, you know, in the part of me that gets is frustrated with it because I'm at the point where it's like. I'm just like done with it. It's okay. like, then that's still yeah. let's, at war against it. Let's do this. So okay. what do you fear would happen if you stopped the imposter syndrome story or comparing? If I stopped, what do I fear would happen if I stopped comparing? Yeah. If you stopped comparing, you fear. I guess the, I have to ask the part that, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the real me was like, I'm free. Yeah. So the part, the part of me that compares would say that it's, yeah, it's like, how else will I motivate myself? Mm. You know, how else will I stay motivated Yeah, if I'm not finding that comparison? Yeah, good, you know? good, and good. You've got great, I love your vulnerability yeah. and your presence. Yeah. And if you're not motivated, then you fear. 
And if I'm not motivated, I fear that I'll just rot away. (laughs) (laughs) That I'll just like, yeah, it's like if I don't succeed, yeah, I won't be loved. Uh That's right. At the core. That's it. Mm -hmm. So now understanding that this part of you that feels insecure or feels Mm -hmm. uh, imposter syndrome, comparison, what I hear is that it wants you to be accepted. It wants you to belong. Mm-hmm. It wants you to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it has the way that it thinks that helping you do that is through achievement, mm-hmm. is through keeping up. And that's exhausting. And so when this part comes up, the new invitation is to say, oh, thank you. You're the mm-hmm. part of me that wants to make sure I'm safe, that I belong, that I'm loved. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Because your relationship with the block changes the block Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't need to go away anymore but if you can change and have a compassionate understanding and take dominion over it i promise you it will resolve Mm -hmm. and i invite you to test it Mm -hmm. instead of believing me yeah and the point on blocks i think that's a i'm really grateful you said that the relationship with the block is what changes the block Mm -hmm. so many women of our community and so many people listening are under the perception that they are blocked, that they have blocks, that, you know, all these things, it's kind of very part of the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. What, Yeah, what's your perception on that? I'd love to hear more. I think you can use blocks as stepping stones to your freedom. So they are not in the way they are the way. And again, this is more of a spiritual perspective on spiritual psychology, on coaching and moving towards your goals. And I love the world. For me, a real healing is a change of behavior. And I love the world of coaching because as I say yes to what's true in my heart, And I take steps, anything that has been unresolved will come up so that I can transform it. And so using everyday life challenges as a breadcrumb towards my freedom, like using the things that block me to free me. And as I do that at the root, then I no longer need to project it onto friends, to a partner, to business. And I use life to help me evolve. And and so instead of trying to manipulate and change you to be different so that then I'm okay, I go to the root of where is this part? What's my relationship with it and how do I resolve it so I feel a deeper sense of okayness? Mm-hmm. And my experience is, you know, it doesn't, I like the frameworks of how this work can support any block. It doesn't matter if it's procrastination, imposter, unworthiness, there's people pleasing. These are some of the common core ones. But underneath that, I really do find most of it is about unworthiness. And what I like is these frames that if I am accepting it and I'm not identifying with it, then I hear the wisdom inside of it. So like, for example, the deeper desire in this imposter syndrome is it's wanting you to feel safe, loved, and belong. And I would say that's true for most blocks. And so if when I start taking steps towards what I want, these things come up, I can embrace them. I can thank them, take more conscious dominion over them, and then move forward on my dreams and not have to keep projecting those blocks onto other things because I was proactive with the work. Mm. Do you find that, you know, because in my scenario, it's like the breadcrumb example is so beautiful that when things come up, it's like the breadcrumb for your freedom, your liberation, your healing, which sounds nice because it's like snacky (laughs) and and carby and crunchy. (laughs) But as an example with my situation, it's like when I come up against it, I'm pissed. I'm like, here's another thing. And that's another part of me that's active. That's right. That's That's like, I have another part of me that needs work. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's probably sitting with that part, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what people should do when I guess they're feeling a little exhausted with all of the lessons and all of the work that appears to them when you become conscious. Yeah. So that level two. Yeah. So the level two, which Mm -hmm. is like, there's only blocks and I'm totally identified with it. 
if our perspective is I'm trying to fix myself, no amount of self-improvement will make up for lack of self-acceptance. So if the come from is I'm lacking in some way, I need to fix myself, that's already a misunderstanding. And that's where the spiritual dimension, I think, comes in, where it takes us out of that paradigm, out of the parts and into essence, into the truth of our being. Other, again, essence embracing ego. So accepting that there's a part of you that's rebellious and like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Tired. Tired. And, and there's wisdom in that. Yeah. So if we judge that part, we don't hear the deeper desire inside of it. So let's ask the same question. What do you fear would happen if you stopped being pissed off about it? I'm trying to like connect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how do you hear it inside? How do I hear it inside? What would happen? So the way that I hear it is like, just because of the past year, sort of like the fire hose of growth that I've gone through, mm-hmm. it's just been such a year of huge things. It's been really beautiful. And obviously when I'm through it, I'm so grateful, blah, blah. But it's like when another big thing comes up where mm-hmm. I'm like awakened to an aspect of my being that I was previously unconscious to, there's a part of me that's like- Tired. Tired. And you want to stop. Yes. That's what I hear in this yes. part. Where it's like- enough. Yes. And so what I hear is this part yes. needs a break. Yes. And there's wisdom in it. If we're judging yeah. it, we can't hear the wisdom. Mm. So it's not bad. Yeah. But it's like, I need a break. So there's a yes. part of you that needs a break. Yes. And there's a part of you that's like, mm. is seeing more of the patterns. It's like, there's more yes. and I need a break. Yes. So yes, Anne. It's interesting too, because the one part that's like mad because it needs a break, wants to do something different than the part that's like, we need to do more. Yes. And so that's where probably the conflict comes because the part of me that feels less than yes. perceives that it needs to do more. Yes. And then the part of me that's mad is mad because it feels like it wants to do less. Yes. Yes. And both are parts. Yeah. And when we're not judging them, we hear the wisdom inside of them instead of being like people or, or I was going to say people pleasing. It doesn't matter what yeah. the block is. Imposter syndrome and rebellious teenager, whatever we want to call these parts. Without the narr- the story of what they are, we hear how they're trying to serve you. And so a lot of people do this. And this is what I love about coaching is you say you want something, you go towards it. It's like, I want to grow my business, but then there's a fear of being seen. I want to be in relationship, but then there's this fear of being in intimacy. And so there's this push-pull. I want it, but I'm scared of it. Or, you know, these divided parts, competing desires inside. And so you being awake to that, then you can take the wisdom, let go of the ineffective approach and say, how can I create peace and become more self-aware? And you start asking higher intelligent questions and you have better solutions, right? So it's like, okay, how can I do this? And so for me within my own framework, it's like, can you witness these patterns without identifying with them? Because maybe there's nothing wrong with them. Maybe there's not more fixing or healing you need to do, right? And I'm not going to share the answer for you, but holding both equally and having reverence to see how they want to play together, I think is important. Otherwise it comes out in this like dance of, okay, I should do the work, but I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So it could be giving yourself space, but it also could be witnessing these parts without identifying with them. Because truly this work to me, it doesn't have to be hard. When we have the right tools, it can be a lot easier. And I do think it does stop, but it the work stops in the spiritual dimension. The truth of our being, there's no fixing. There is perfection. And our humanity, there's always becoming. There's the being human 
and being. So like the beingness is already perfect. The humanity, there's always going to be something. And so we hold both equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the the parts work, even with the two parts that we, we talked about, it's like, okay, so kind of witnessing both parts with loving awareness and kindness, yeah. kind of pulling out of the story. And then there's also the somatic piece. Yes. Because even when we talk about this, I can hear, feel it in my throat. Okay. I can like feel it in my body. And it's like, I get so, it's weird. It's like, I just, yeah, it's, I don't want to cry right now, but it's like, I'll get in a situation where I'm like, I just, yeah, yeah. And so what's the somatic, how can I work with the somatic energy when people are coming into truth or consciousness of their parts, and then they are able to get in contact with their body and feel, what would you suggest? Yeah. I mean, how activated is it right now for you? I'd say like a six out of 10. Okay. Okay, so you have choice. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to guide or would you like me to talk about it conceptually? I know. I'm like, how, how far do I want to go right now? <laughs> and so this is part, I guess this is this is perfect because mm-hmm. this is the choice point of the part that's like, I'm tired mm-hmm. and I want to mm-hmm. do the work mm-hmm. playing up right now. Mm-hmm. So let me go conceptual. And okay. if there's a point in that you want me to guide, yes. I'll jump in. Yes. But just holding that okay. because whatever we're talking about plays out in the moment. Yeah. And so it's good for people to become aware of that so they don't get sucked into an unconscious dynamic. Yes. Okay. I just don't feel like crying today. Yeah. And let's, we don't have to. You know? Yeah. And that part gets to be celebrated. (laughs) Like not today. Yeah. Great. Okay. So in terms of my methodology, it's Mm -hmm. five levels of change. So somatically you can breathe into, say if there's a lump in your throat or there's tension in your chest and anybody listening, just find Close your eyes for a moment if you're not driving (laughs) and find a point of tension in your body. And notice what happens when you drop your awareness into that sensation in your body, not as a story, but as a sensation. And you just breathe into it with presence, giving it infinite space to be here exactly as it is. And just thanking it for being here, trying to get your attention. And as you breathe in and you drop into it, not from above it, but just dropping back down in saying thank you, I see you, you're important. And you just start to notice what happens, not that it needs to be gone, but what happens as you do that. For me, it like un, it's like a little ball and it just kind of like dissipates. Yeah, Mm -hmm. breaks up. Yeah. Like expands. And that just is what, five seconds. Yeah. And so what that tells you is acceptance is what frees it. It's looking for your presence and acceptance. And we analyze it, but those thoughts create the feelings and then we loop in our bodies with it ongoing. And so we have to have a different way. I don't know why we don't learn this in school. When I was becoming a therapist, I was like, why are we not sharing this in schools? Some of my students are starting to, thank, thank God. And, and it's good for us to have awareness around it. So somatically, it's about breathing into the sensation, not from a top-down approach, I would say somatically back down and in. So you're not in your head looking down. You're dropped into the experience, feeling more intimate with your direct experience and breathing into it. And you can you would do a little bit more work than just what I did as a sample piece. But you can hear the wisdom if there is maybe an image that comes forward from when you were younger or an insight and you trust the body's intelligence because the body is the unconscious. So it will reveal itself to you. It shows you. But acceptance is always the through line. So that's somatically. You don't need to know the story and just breathing into it and allowing it moves it through. Emotionally, it's about embracing these parts of us, right? Again, foundation is acceptance in my method. Accepting this part of me as if it were a child looking for my love and attention. 
knowing that I am not a part, essence embracing ego. Mentally is questioning the stories. What are the stories that create imposter syndrome? Because thoughts create feelings. So then questioning those stories is another way to work through it. And then behaviorally, sometimes we just need to learn a strategy or whatnot. It's less often. And then unconsciously what is what I've been asking you. What do you fear would happen? There's, there's many different prompts into each of these. But what do you fear would happen if you stopped doing that thing? Or what do you fear would happen if you got your goal? Right? And so we have our own wisdom and insights and having powerful questions helps reveal it to us, helps open our awareness in a new mindset shift. With the somatic, you know, you mentioned that you don't need to hear the story. You don't need to know the story. I'm, I'm curious if you'd expand more upon that because what I've found is that I need this. This is what I'm yeah. perceiving is that I need the story as the gateway into the body. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm there, I can kind of release it because I've met the sensation. Yeah. Say more about the relationship between the stories that we tell ourselves in the body. Yeah. So thoughts create feelings and feelings are held in the body somatically. Some things are pre-verbal. Some things have been with us for a while. We could have picked them up from the womb or from family systems and things like that. But some people are less self-aware. You seem to be very self-aware. And so you know a lot of the stories. And sometimes we can get unconsciously evoked from a commercial that we saw that tied to an association we didn't even notice. And we're just starting to feel anxious and we don't know why. So it's okay to I would say, especially intellectuals, people that either have done a lot of personal development work and then they have a lot of stories, that can trap us if we just stay in the mental realm. So somatic work is a great backdoor in to not need to know that because it's great to be self-aware, but you don't always need. I, I think for core patterns and stories, it's good to understand what the stories are, to learn to embrace those parts of us and forgive ourselves and then breathe into it somatically in our body. I think at least those three are important to unravel the core stories of I'm not good enough or I'm too much or too little. All of these stories that we play out in our lives. The unworthiness that most people have, I mm-hmm. think that leads into a lot of different things. Where does that come from? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Mm-hmm. It's a good inquiry. I think that there, you know, this has been my core story for a while that I've been investigating that you believed that? I really believed. And my strategy was to become more successful. And that rooted from, we're in it. <laughs> All the women at the mastermind. Tell me how you became more <laughs> successful. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, where that rooted for me was having a learning disability in school growing up, wanting to prove my intelligence, that I could do it on my own without a man, without blah, 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 that unconscious story, so that I could prove to that part that I was good enough. All so that I felt accepted, loved, and safe. And that's, and the more we see that, the more it's like, oh, I, there's that part of me. And as soon as we see that with compassion, we're out of it. And so having that insight does support us in not identifying with it and then continuing to loop in it or to laugh at it. Okay, there's that part of me doing what it's doing, like working super hard, trying to get somewhere. Isn't that sweet? We can ham it up and play with it. It doesn't have to be so serious. And I know you're about that. Yeah. What was your original question? I feel like I went oh, on. Oh, the unworthiness. Yeah. Okay. Where does it come from? Yeah. From a spiritual perspective, I think that there is a gift in it. So I've learned so much through this work of working with worth. And the two areas that I love and specialize in is work and relationships and how that plays out in work and relationships. So let's, the frame that I use is three levels of worth. So there's the story of I'm not good enough. 
second level is I am good enough. And then third level is beyond good enough. So I'm not worthy. I am worthy. And then beyond worthy. So the first two are an egoic level. I'm not good enough. And I am good enough are both stories that we create in the mind. There's ego. We want healthy, integrated egos. But on a spiritual perspective, it's like the idea that I am worthy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't comprehend who you are. It's everything. There's no separation. So I went from not worthy to beyond worthy by embracing instead of, and I think the personal development space has it all backwards. People are chasing happiness and then feeling less happy. And so ironically, it's through embracing the things that we're running from that help. It's this more feminine approach that's the opposite that helps us experience what we're deeply desiring. So for example, if I want to be happy, it's through embracing sadness. If I want to feel peaceful, it's through embracing anxiety. If I want to feel worthy, it's through embracing unworthiness. And so for the story of I'm good enough or pendulum swing, I'm not good enough, both are still stories in the mind. They're not true. And so noticing that the awareness of not good enough is beyond it, right? And so for me, psychologically embracing the part of me that didn't feel good enough changed my life. That's how I discovered this. And through being interviewed, and I was, I'll share a grounded story so this can kind of make sense for people. So I, when I was a therapist, I was just in my office doing my thing. A woman had found me and my work and was like, that was the most incredible session I want to share you with the world. She worked for Deepak Chopra. He highlighted me as an expert coach. But I was living out of I'm not good enough. They came to my house to share, to have two strangers come into my office and me do a coaching session with them. And I was paralyzed because I, especially as you move outside your comfort zone, that stuff comes up. So I'm literally in my daughter's room upstairs, pink carpet, laying on the floor as they're getting ready downstairs. And I'm just meeting my unworthiness because I didn't have time to outrun it, to outperform it. I just was like confronted with my deepest fear and essence, the truth of my being, I opened my heart to finally feel what I had been avoiding. And within 90 seconds, I'm not kidding, I felt my wholeness. I felt my inherent worth and value. And I was like, this is gold. This is, and it was no longer than about me trying to prove my worth by doing a good coaching session. I just wanted to offer them what I had experienced myself. And so I went downstairs and there were incredible sessions, but I wasn't looking for my worth through it for the first time. And so I think that there's a divine design within all of this, that the story of unworthiness, ironically, when embraced, helps wake us up to our inherent worth and value, independent mm. of what we do. So I think it comes from an egoic identity. Yeah. And I think there's that divinity that if it's hurting us, it's not true. And there's a breadcrumb to wake back up. I think life is designed to help wake us up if we apply it that way. Yeah, and the I love the I love kind of the visual of the egoic desire for you in this situation to prove yeah something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can feel that within the spirituality space, within yeah. the coaching space, within the worlds that I'm in, the worlds that you're in. It's mm -hmm. like you can feel or at least I can feel when someone's doing something for that hungry ghost. Yeah. Rather than like the deep desire to serve. Yeah. And it's of course I've done that myself. We vacillate. Yeah. Yeah, we've all done it. But there is a different frequency when you're mm -hmm. actually doing it from like a place of wholeness That's rather right. than like to because you want to get something. Yeah. It could even it could seem like service. It could be like, I want to change the world, but it's still you desiring to get uh -huh. something or change uh -huh. something. Uh huh. That part. Yeah. 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 And there's innocence in it. So yeah. the perspective of compassion to be like, oh, isn't that sweet? Mm -hmm. We've been conditioned to think that 
to sell us something that's already ours. Mm. And as we wake up to that more and more, we embody a deeper sense of confidence, of inherent worth, and people can feel where we're coming from. And if there's judgment, then we get to look at ourselves and what they're reflecting to us about ourselves. With the unworthiness, like what are some of the manifestations of unworthiness? So people listening Mm -hmm. can really understand if they're like, okay, I feel worthy or I don't feel worthy. Like how does unworthiness show up in some of your clients and Mm -hmm. people's lives? Mm -hmm. I look at, I love the Enneagram and I look at, there are so hustling for our worth, right? Very type three, trying to help other people like through the helper so that then I feel worthy of tending to other people's needs. It can look through perfectionism. I'm going to be perfect and create perfection so that then I feel safe and worthy. It's really like it's so that I feel worthy and then I feel safe or then I feel loved and accepted underneath that. That's this. That's like safety strategies, ways that our egoic nature has tried to find safety and connection and belonging in the world. And it's innocent. So when we see it and we see it like a child, then it's, it's it doesn't become a problem. But it can be, you know, looking for power so that then I feel worthy or looking for, yeah, it, I think it'd be great if I created somewhat of a map for people because mm-hmm. I, I think people don't realize how much it co- stems back to unworthiness mm-hmm. of why they're doing what they're doing unless you've done enough psychological work. Well, I think for a lot of people, and I'll say this is true for me, if it's working, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, I, if I'm successful. <laughs> if, it's dormant. Yeah, is what it's it dormant. Is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, then I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, obviously I'm worthy. Look yeah. at this life. Yeah. But then when it's really not working, I'm like, help yeah. me. Yeah. And that's that if it's outside in, it's actually really anxiety producing because mm-hmm. it's not stable. And so especially if we're growth oriented and we go to masterminds and we want to evolve and we value growth, then we're never going to be the smartest whatever in the room. And so then it gets to then look at what's that part of me that I get to play with so that it feels integrated and it feels accepted, but I'm not identifying with it. So instead of trying to find our worth or security through being the best, then it's really which obviously is going to create a lot of manipulation, frustration and disappointment. It's really about learning to embrace that part of me. Mm-hmm. So I feel a deeper sense of confidence and worth under the insecure thoughts, under the insecure feelings. And as I embrace it, it just starts to p- part the clouds of me feeling this authentic confidence that doesn't come and go, that is in my being. But it really has to do with waking up from the trance of mind through the identity of the mind, which creates a more sustainable way to create that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the feminine. It's like the more feminine approach to accept our feelings yeah. in order to, you know, feel more sadness in order to feel happy. And it's weird because I would have probably two years ago been like, what? But I've realized in the situation with my father and sort of his sickness and things that are happening within the family that have been just gut-wrenching. It's been interesting because I have felt so much grief But it's also because I'm allowing myself to fully feel it. Yeah. I have felt so much happier. And I would have never known that until the situation. So I'm so, I have so much gratitude for that. I have so much gratitude for me being at the place in my life where I feel comfortable allowing myself to feel wherever I am. If I'm at a first watch for breakfast with my family, I'm going to start crying and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But can you explain that a little bit more for people? Because if someone was listening that hadn't had an exact facing with it, how could they understand mm-hmm. that by feeling more of the thing that they don't want to feel, they could feel more liberated or free? Yeah. 
It's like kind of what we were saying earlier. It's like we can try to manipulate life so that then we are okay, or we can learn the tools to navigate our inner world so we don't get tumbled over by an emotional upbringing or upspring. So I think some of us are more emotional than others. Some of us are more mental. We loop. And my practice is not pushing things under the rug. I like being proactive with the work. So it's like brushing my teeth. I just want to just do mindset work regularly, somatically integrate energy in my nervous system. It doesn't have to pile up because oftentimes people don't realize that they're pushing away their feelings. And it's like this dam that's building a reservoir of unexpressed emotions. One small thing happens in their life that they've been controlling and then the floodgates overwhelm or a divorce or an addiction and no judgment. I think even addiction is the best way we've known how to take care of ourselves. And so we get to upgrade with the right tools and technology and insights to be like, oh, there's a different way to get my needs met. And so life shows us where we're not free. And, you know, a sickness or a big life experience can it can be bigger than what it is because of all of our past we haven't dealt with. And I think until the pandemic, people were really afraid to slow down because they were afraid of what they would be faced to really look at. And I love that we that was one of the gifts of that time to not be distracted. And for those that were willing to do the work, I often say, I don't know how people do it without tools. And I'm like, yeah, I do addiction and avoidance. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, let me tell you, food, <laughs> shopping, party, yeah, yeah. sex, yeah, <laughs> all the ways. And it's like, for me, you know, life's a mirror. It's an ink blot, right? So it's like I smile in the mirror and life smiles right back. And so doing the work, the inner work, that's the real game. And as I shift it inside, it starts being reflected in the outer world. And so teaching people the tools to navigate their inner experience is something that I'm very called towards. And I, again, like I'm, I'm creating a toolkit for humanity just as a free offering to be like, this can change your life. If you have practical tools to go to and try them on, that can help humanity heal and wake up. And that's what I'm most interested in. Okay, this app has been with me through seasons of wanting to prevent pregnancy and also get pregnant. The app is Natural Cycles. It is a leading women's health company that they created the world's first FDA cleared birth control app. So the app's algorithm uses hormone-driven changes in body temperature to let users know when they're fertile and not fertile. It is so easy, y'all. Every single morning I wake up, I have the uh, thermometer on my bedside table, and then I take my temperature, I input the temperature into the app, and boom, there you go. Um, it is 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use. It's pretty incredible. Um, I know a lot of people are just thinking about their birth control. Uh, a lot of people are going off hormonal birth control. This is an incredible incredible, incredible option for you. I've been using it for a couple years now. Um, and again, it is so easy. So the algorithm uses the body temperature to determine where a user is at in their cycle. The more they measure, the more data it will have. Um, and if you have an aura ring, by the way, it syncs with your aura ring and it'll take your temperature automatically. Pretty cool. You can trust Natural Cycles for the past 10 years. They have been setting the precedent for non-hormonal and non-invasive birth control without sacrificing effectiveness. They were the first to introduce a birth control app, the first to receive FDA clearance as a birth control app, and the first birth control app to integrate with that wearable device, the Aura Ring. They're the best. I'm excited for you all. Listen, as our listener, you are going to get 
a discount plus a free thermometer baby. Use code almost 30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code almost 30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Oh, y'all, I am wearing my shorts and my skirts and my dresses and my legs are out and I'm just so excited about it because I have my Osea Andaria Algae Body Oil and it is keeping me glowing. <laughs> it's making my legs and my arms look just so fresh, so alive, to be honest, and so young. Um, I love this product. It is from Osea Malibu. They just know what they're doing over there. They've been doing it for over 28 years. Skincare is their jam. It's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and is clinically proven, okay? It's infused with seaweed, which is the star of the show here, and I just love the products. They really work. So the body oil is so rich, but it's never greasy, Okay, and it's clinically proven to improve skin elasticity immediately. It's visibly firming your skin and makes the skin feel more sculpted and toned, which we love. It's so amazing. Overnight, you can do this during the day or overnight. I do it overnight, but I love the Andaria Algae Body Butter because I would just wake up so insanely moisturized. It's indulgent and it's really great for crepey skin. I'll put it on my knees and my elbows and anywhere that's like kind of dry. It's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. It just transforms the skin. You're going to be obsessed. And then finally, the anti aging body balm. Yo, I mean, hello silky lotion serum. It just melts into my skin. I feel like it lifts and tightens and tones all over. I'm obsessed. Perfect for summer, baby. So glow from the inside out with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code A30POD at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order. They're so good about that. And free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code a 30pod, A30pod for 10% off. Within your work and your journey, it's like you said you're more proactive now mm -hmm. with it. And I think our audience is like probably um, leaning into that more, but maybe not there yet. Mm -hmm. But what does being proactive about the work look like? The reason why I'm asking is because I think the way that you're proactive is probably different than I think other people perceive being proactive is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it before I share things that I do, yes. the way I look at it is if I get triggered, that's mine. Nobody made me feel triggered. They knocked on the door and my trigger answered. And so if my trigger's answering in a current situation at work or in relationship then or whatever life situation, then I can clear it at the root so that I don't let other people keep knocking on that door. There's It's an empty house. And so I love that perspective because then I do the work and I use everything as an opportunity. So what it looks like for me to do that is every week I do mindset work. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., I question my beliefs and I'm just sitting there in presence. And this is a more of a psychological tool. So I love questioning my beliefs because every single day we have limitations that we're unconsciously or consciously buying into. Even sometimes before we start a goal, we are limiting ourselves. And so letting myself take a look at what's most gnawing and my consciousness, like taking my attention and then really bringing presence into it, asking myself, is this really true? Where did this come from? What happens to my body when I buy into this? What's actually here beyond that story? And so starting to inquire is really helpful. 
I think of it also spiritually speaking, that's a really helpful tool, but self-inquiry. So questioning who I take myself to be. Mm-hmm. For me, like spiritual practices, like my two favorite are meditation and self-inquiry. But on a psychological front, I love questioning my beliefs. I go to therapy or a coach. I will always have a coach or a therapist. That's the goal that I never want to end, to keep opening my heart and mind to live more free. Like I'm here for that. And in my marriage, we do that regularly. We've been together 14 years. We'll always do a course or work with somebody to help me see life from a different perspective. It's something that I value. And I don't think things need to be wrong to go see somebody or to learn new tools and life hacks. So emotional mastery, I think is really important. And just to give people a frame, I say that there's indulgers and avoiders emotionally. So some people really indulge their feelings and other people avoid them. And if avoiding worked, I'd be all for it, but it doesn't work, right? It just creates that dam. And then spin cycle, really indulging in those emotions doesn't help either that we, we get tired or there's like, we're just enough. And it really only takes 90 seconds to feel an emotion before it moves through. For those people that indulge, you want to do mindset work. What is that thought that created that feeling? And then really bring presence into it so you don't loop unconsciously. So, and then friendships, you having my sisters and just like soul nourishing, having that in my life is really important. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I know that's been interesting. And I was thinking about you and like, because I was thinking about what I'm, what I look for in my friendships at this point in my life. And I was thinking about how, you know, before I would have said, it's important that my friends are doing the work. But it's like now it's just the friends that I have done been doing the work for so long that they're so deeply like integrated and presence and they're all like healers, yeah. you know, where you could all you could come up and say, I'm feeling so triggered right now about yeah. something or I'm feeling imposter syndrome or I'm feeling this thing. And it's so safe to like work through it. There's no meeting of egos. It's like the most beautiful thing and being friends with you, like you're so calming and amazing to be around because you're so contained Mm -hmm. and because you take so much responsibility and it just allows you like a freedom to be in service to your friendships. Like it's like the most beautiful thing. And being at this stage in my life, you know, I was in a lot of friendships where I was overgiving. I was Mm -hmm. like overdoing. Mm -hmm. I was just, I would sort of self erase for the friendship. And now to be in a space where it's like, it's noticed or known if I'm doing that mm-hmm. or it's noticed or known if it's not reciprocal. Mm. And it's like the parts and aspects of me that were active before and that were loved before because I would do those things is like no longer available. That's beautiful. It's so nice. It's so, And I love not only your self-awareness, but your ability to communicate that to people mm-hmm. that you love so yeah. that we can hold that yes. with you and support yes. not going into an unconscious dynamic. Yes. But I feel should like should have done that. <laughs> we didn't know before. Yeah, I, was like, I should have done that the other night and be like, tonight might be an imposter syndrome. Night. <laughs> I'll keep anytime you we can ham up okay. the characters anytime. Okay. But I feel like I won the jackpot with you as a friend. Mm-hmm. There is such a warmth about you. Your mm-hmm. heart, you literally lead with your heart and you mm-hmm. make people feel safe in your presence. It's such a gift to have you in my life. Yeah. I think the other day I was feeling, I'm like, I don't feel success. I was like having that imposter syndrome moment. And I was like, I don't feel successful. I don't feel where I'm at in my career that I want to be. And I was like, but I do feel loved because mm. I got a message from you and then Amber and just some, I was just feeling, I was like, wow, but I just feel loved. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the best Yeah, that I've reached a point where I know that I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy to be seen. And I was like, independent from what you do for exactly. others. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so nourishing and nice. Yeah. 
So for people listening, we could, okay, go yeah, on. as you take that in, then it's like, then what becomes true in terms of action, aligned action from there, as you really feel this sense of love, yes. this nourishment, then your actions may change or they may, you may do the same thing, but from a totally different place inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, nothing, nothing but good things can happen. Yeah. If I feel this. You come from this place. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. But for people listening, you know, that want nourishing reciprocal friendships like the friendship we have or the friendships that you've developed in their life mm-hmm. that feel like they're not in relationship with people that don't that meet them what would you suggest for them i would say if they're doing the inner work and i that's like the biggest sales pitch like whatever feels right and true i would say do that because there's just gold in this work and to live that and to take breaks and to honor when it's enough for for a bit and, and not to identify but also to be in communities where you're feeling seen and to let to be willing to let go of toxic patterns that you're no longer willing to play out. So once you I for me personal responsibility is the number one hack for relationships. It's not sexy, yeah, but it is powerful at AF. This is for relationships of all kinds, professional with business, friendships, even in partnership, knowing what your best friends and your partners core wound is so helpful so that you can hold it with kindness. And you don't unconsciously trigger each other without knowing. Even in my company, I had a, brought in a coach to help him do an energy reading and share what he saw as the core block. They opted in for sure. I let them know before. it, And I led with myself about trusting my team. Mm-hmm. And so I could hold this space in my company to understand here are the core wounds so we don't unconsciously hurt each other. So being in environments where people curate that and you feel safe to be yourself, you have the tools to take personal responsibility. I think is is everything. And so there's so many ways to get introduced with communities, but doing our own work helps set that safety and letting other people set context is nice as yeah. well. I also think it's like once you evolve or shift, there will be a period where there might be less before you're able to calibrate to the level of friendships and people in your life that you want. And I've always thought that, you know, it's important for people to choose solitude over unaligned friendships mm. and unaligned people. And being alone isn't something to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Something that also you are is so feminine, but it's like in the most grounded way. Mm-hmm. So how do you work? A lot of our community wants to tap more into their feminine. They talk quite a bit about the desire to feel more feminine, the desire to feel more in their feminine because they feel like they're overcompensating and yeah. living from a masculine place. Can you talk about what you've witnessed in that and how you stay in your feminine? Yeah. What comes up real quick, there's a woman, uh, Lindsay, who works on my team, one of my best friends. She's like my head coach. When I was doing spiritual psychology work, I witnessed her love herself in the most beautiful way. I'd never heard anyone talk to themselves so compassionately. That it, Give an example. She was like, okay, sweetheart, I am so sorry that that hurt your feelings. I hear you. Tell me more to this mm-hmm. part. So like if this part were, we'll give an example, critic, the mm-hmm. inner critic, like you don't know anything. You aren't successful enough to be in this table, blah, 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 like let it rip. And then to really embody your essence, your spiritual nature, if it had words, which it doesn't usually, but from the heart of compassion, I hear that you just want to make sure that I am being successful so that I'm loved. Tell me more. So it's like you didn't do anything wrong. And to offer myself compassionate self-forgiveness to really like wash through the parts with compassion has really helped soften. And as I soften internally, it's just naturally expressed in my relationships. Now, in work, there are certain things that I could do that are more in my masculine, leading a team. And then there's coaching or whatever it may be that puts me creative work in more in my feminine. So 
people can do an energy assessment where they write down what, and I think the real goal is to be able to respond to the moment with what it's requiring, our more masculine energy or our feminine energy, and specifically talking about energy that we all have beyond gender, right? So just knowing how to respond to the moment in the ways that it's needing is important. So we're not idealizing one or the other, but the, the receptive, the compassion, and yes, the feminine can be fierce as well. Life's a mirror. So as we start to soften our relationship with these parts, it does reflect outside. And we can write a journal to look at what are the activities that I'm doing that are putting me more in my head, more in this like narrow focused lens and, you know, hunter gatherer, like this more testosterone brain versus when I'm a bit more an estrogen brain, when I'm a bit more in this, you know, motherly diffuse awareness that is what we would call more feminine. So doing an assessment then can have us consciously create the life that style that we're wanting as well. So inner and outer. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, I love the inner so much within that, but I think it's really beautiful to get to like an outer action because mm-hmm. I do feel like because mm-hmm. it's energetic, yeah, it's kind of hard for people to gather and get sometimes. Yeah. So to have that structure around that's really nice. And I found that within my own life, it's like on Sundays, I'll schedule in a few hours of just being in my feminine mm. and whatever, however that manifests, whatever that feels like to me. It's Every like time. the structure of the masculine container has been created, <laughs> but the feminine is allowed to like dance, rip and mm-hmm. dance and do whatever it mm-hmm. is. So really getting crystal clear about that has been really, really beautiful. If people listening, if they were to do one thing today to support themselves in their awakening process, what would you suggest they do? Mm. Ask, who am I taking myself to be? Mm-hmm. Who am I? That's it with that question. If that's the if the intention is awakening, that is the question. Because mm-hmm. you have a different perspective on awakening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's interesting. The word spirituality or enlightenment, all these things get thrown around. So I think it's important to kind of dissect what it is. Spirituality, sometimes I would say that people are using it like to move energy or we can get distracted in this quote unquote spiritual world just as much in the physical world. And so, and those things are fine, but my experience of awakening is more in alignment with identity and enlightenment. Who am I taking myself to be? What am I really? And I'm most interested in that. And not everybody needs to be, but that's a deeper inquiry. And the power is in the silence, in the investigation, not the answer. Why is that? Because it's not from the mind. It's the presence that witnesses the mind the presence that we are, that is. And so most people look for something to fill when it's just the silent space that is between the words. And as there's a deeper curiosity and embodiment of that silence is peaceful. That silence is everything we want. My favorite quote is from St. Francis of Assisi. He says, what you're looking for is what's looking. Mm. What what you are looking for is what's doing the looking. So this awareness that sees the patterns. I'll give another frame because I really like frameworks. My friend Locke Kelly talks about waking up, waking down, and waking out. So waking out up out of identity is I'm not this body-mind. Waking down is I have this body-mind, but I'm more than this. And waking out is living this consciously in the world, in our businesses, in relationship. But there's a limitation on words at that level. Mm-hmm. It just um, just is. That's what I feel. I did a mushroom <laughs> ceremony a few months ago, and I was like, there's no words at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I can't talk to you guys. That's right. I don't 
Like, oh. That's right. That's and I was nice. like, wow, that's, I was like, that's, I feel like we're going to, from a consciousness level or a human level, we will be beyond, we'll be in telepathy, yeah. but it's yeah. like, we won't be speaking. Yeah. And I highly recommend for people that are very interested mm -hmm. in the spiritual dimension and awakening, really awakening, I recommend silent retreats. Yeah. I've probably done 18 at this time. Wow. I deeply, deeply, there, there are times where I'm like, this is going to be great. I have a relaxed time mm -hmm. off of work and it's the most confronting mm -hmm. experiences. And then other times I'm like, I don't want to go. It's hard to take off with my phone and business. And it's just like, my, I just needed that. My soul needed that. So I felt like the hardest part of a silent retreat for me was the not using my phone. Mm -hmm. The silence, that was good. Yeah, me too. It was the phone. Yeah. Especially when you're alone and mm -hmm. you go back to your room and... Oh, oh, that part. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. For me, it was the phone, but it was for a different reason. It was the, is everything going to be okay with the business without yeah. me doing oh. it? Mine was being, like not having a... Mine was probably connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and what did you dose. discover? Yeah, I think over time, the various retreats or things that I've done, it's really just like my, yeah, my hungry ghost is connection. How deeply I desire connection yeah. and feeling connected. And so on a spiritual level, mm -hmm. to me, that's like your nature is connection. Mm -hmm. And so then it's a, it's a, the motivation is to come back to your true self mm -hmm. where there is, and you can't even say connection because that implies too but a deeper dimension yes. of your being. Mm -hmm. And so on a psychological mm -hmm. level, looping it back to our conversation, mm -hmm. the paradox of transformation mm -hmm. is to embrace loneliness mm -hmm. to feel connection. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people in relationship, they don't want to feel how they feel, say loneliness, and they yes. abandon themselves mm -hmm. looking for a partner to fill them. Mm -hmm. And so then they're looking for having someone so that they abandon this feeling, but then they still are in partnership feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And so the real love affair is embracing the loneliness and we feel a sense of wholeness. And then we no longer participate in toxic dynamics and relationship because they we're not going to be with anyone that can't elevate where we already are. And we feel this connection, this wholeness, and we start the relationship from there. Because a lot of people with the loneliness, they would start the relationship and it would be quelled, and but it's dormant. Mm -hmm. And later mm -hmm. on in the relationship, they would feel alone. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship yes. to try to give them something that they don't think they already have. Right. And they do, but they're abandoning the thing that they don't want to feel, thinking the solution is out there. Mm -hmm. But ironically, in the willingness, and you have to do this type of work with resource. So it's important to talk about trauma for a moment. So no coaches should ever do trauma. And if you've ever had big T trauma, which is like something that overwhelms you and you can't hold presence with it, work with a trauma specialist so that I'm not just inviting people to face their deepest fears without proper support and depending on where people are on the spectrum of integration with trauma. But if you feel a sense of resource and love and nourishment and you're held, especially if you're connected to your essence, then embracing these parts is so much easier and you feel the alchemy, that transformation, and you embody it. And then not only is that the sexiest thing, you don't need anybody else. You just feel lit up and empowered and that's attractive to a partner. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a lot easier. Mm. You're not hungry, ghost looking, grasping. Don't say that about me. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm like, you're doing the work. Yeah. 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 Doing the work. I gotta, I gotta sit with my two parts after you leave. Okay. Okay. The one for the imposter syndrome parts. Yeah. Yeah. Or give yourself a break. You'll yeah. feel into it. Let's numb out. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. <laughs>
But I mean, you know, you know, listening to the part that wants a, yeah, a, break, a break and the other part that That's wants, because there's no rush yeah. and we want to honor it. It's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I just feel like it's very present. It's like ready. I know. I'm like, oh, I want to dive in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we should do it. Cause I'm just like, it's very like freaking at this. It's very at the surface. Yeah. And it's just ready. Cause I'm ready to love everybody. And move beyond it. <laughs> yeah, I'll Not accept forget. you yeah. so that then we can <laughs> yeah. move on. That's my other part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why that's a good part. Yeah. It's like, because, yes, that's what happens when you, last thing, it's like, that's what happens when you figure out the work. A part of you figures out how to work it. That's right. And it's that like, I know get... that if I love you guys, we can get beyond you guys. But it doesn't, it only temporarily satisfies. I know. In internal family systems, it's called a self-like part. Ah. Uh. And the self-like parts could be like an inner mystic or mm. a teacher or the IFS enthusiast. So like it could be like my IFS enthusiast would be like, I know so much about internal family systems. So I'm going to like know about these parts and then know about these parts when, and I know how to love them, but you're like not actually, yeah, you know, embodying. It's kind of like just different ways to bypass. Yeah. hundred percent. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like. I could go I, forever. I know. I, know. I want to like, I remember when I was a therapist, they'd call it like doorknob therapy. Like right yes. when you're ending, they're like, they drop a bomb. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. I want to get in yes. there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I used to, I used to do that to my therapist just to like joke and I'd be like, and I'm cheating. Or like, <laughs> I'd be like, and then I fucked a straight, you know what I mean? That's like, see ya. You were fun. Yeah. What do you think that is? Cause they get warmed up. I think there's a, there's a fear of real intimacy and yes. exploring that. That's a level of avoidance, which yep. is fine. Yep. But there is some also interest in actually going there. They're just not ready yet. Mm -hmm. What would you do as a therapist? I would bookmark it for the next session. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just bring it up in the beginning and give them agency and choice mm -hmm. so that they feel empowered and not pushed. Yes. Because that's essentially the medicine. When you really let that part have infinite space to mm. hide, some people would come into my office and they would say, I want to hide. And I'd give them the blanket and they would hide under it. They'd cry for like 30 seconds, maybe a minute and a half. And then they were done. Mm. Because when we really genuinely allow these parts, they move on. I love you so much. You. I'm so grateful. This has just been a joy and a delight. And I want more same. and more and more same, and same, more. Same. Yes. Thank you for love being you. Sister. Thank you, guys. Love you. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Again, that's Alyssa Nobriga. It's A-L-Y-S-S-A-N-O-B-R-I-G-A. -S 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 and you can find her on Instagram and on her website. And she has a certification program if you're interested in becoming a certified life coach. Mm. Y'all rock. Thanks for being here. We love you. It's Lindsay and Krista coming to you every single week with new episodes. You can also listen to our Morning Microdose podcast, which is out five times weekly so that you can start your day instead of scrolling on your phone. You can listen to a gem, a just short clip from the Almost 30 podcast that hopefully is inspiring, makes you think. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for being a part of our lives and community. You're the best. Bye. Bye.